before we start, what are you more excited for? Tottenham matchup against Arsenal or the NFL playoffs? Um, Derby. I'm North London Derby. Yeah, I think in general, I'm excited for the, I'm more excited for the Niners playoff run than I am like the one Tottenham game. But like, I mean, there's nothing about the Seahawks that really makes me like too concerned over the game. You know, you're usually torn the opening weekend because you kind of want to root for upsets. But then when you look forward to next week, I'd much rather the favorites and chalk win out just to have better matchups next weekend. So I'm also, I'm just hopefully get some exciting games, but hopefully the chalk wins. And then we could set up for a nice weekend next weekend because we got some bullshit teams in the playoffs this year. Yeah, there's no reason why the Giants should have made the playoffs. But let, let's... Talk some basketball a little bit. Pick up where we left off in the Eastern Conference for the NBA's buyers and sellers. We're going to head over to the Central Division now. Milwaukee Bucks are currently the third seed in the in the Eastern Conference. First in their division at 27 and 14. Buyers or sellers? I mean, it could only be buyers, but I don't really know what they have. Right, like the, yeah. They're always going to be contenders as long as they have Giannis, right? Like they have a chance. They have a chance to come out of the East if they have a healthy Giannis. So you would always assume that they're buyers. But what direction do they like? How do you get there, Dion? I mean, I mean, we when we do this exercise, it's like it's interesting because, in my opinion, I would call them sellers because I think they're more likely to trade off like two contracts of dudes that never play um, to kind of dip below that luxury tax a little bit. And then they'll sign dudes. Uh, they'll be more active in the buyout market than they will be in the trade market. But I mean, they do have their first round pick. They can move, I believe this year. So, I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe Jay Crowder, but if I'm being honest, like I think their avenue to Jay Crowder is dipping below the luxury tax. That way they can, get him on the buyout market. I don't think he gets moved. So real quick before we, we move on to the next team, you mentioned the buyout market. Who are some buyout candidates that you think teams should be keeping an eye out for? Uh, like I said, Jay Crowder. Um, I mean... It, and not just the books, just like teams in general. Yeah, I mean... Like, it, like who are some players that you expect to like hit the hit the waiver wire after the trade deadline? I mean, it, it's tough to say right now because there's, like, so much time between now and then. Uh, Jay Crowder is, like, the biggest name that comes to my mind. Maybe Kelly Olenek. But I feel like he – I feel like he has, I feel like he has trade value. He got value. He got trade. The thing is, with the buying – with the playing, so many teams can convince themselves that they're still kind of technically in it that – it's, you know, you're not going to see as many sellers unless a team just completely tanks between now and the trade deadline. But right now, any team, regardless of where they're at, unless you're like a bottom five team, you can tell yourself that with a three-game win streak, you're in playing territory. So it's tough to gauge, you know? All right. And now next up, next up, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers, currently the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference at 26 and 16, second in the Central Division, only a game and a half behind the Bucks. Ricky Rubio is expected to be back soon after missing a year um, with a torn ACL. They they traded for Donovan Mitchell in the offseason. They played really well last year. They had themselves in good position last year. They weren't going to, I mean, make a crazy playoff run, but they had themselves in good position before they got hit with the injury bug last year. Um, X, let's go to you first, buyers or sellers. I mean, I think it's obvious for them. They're trying to flip Karis LeVert for somebody who can be a 3 and D wing for them. LeVert is just a little bit too ball hoggy for them. And with, you know, with Garland, with Mitchell, they don't need his skill set. They needed it last year, right? When everybody was injured. But this year, they don't need his skill set. And he's not good enough defensively to justify him playing heavy minutes. So look for somebody who's maybe a more limited player, but who can fit a, ideally a better role for what they need. Um, so I think they're going to buy in Levert's contract is the way that they get it done. That kind of sounds like 
what Dion was talking about earlier, where like they're like buyers and sellers at the same exact time. Um, Dion, buyers and sellers, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I mean the answer is buyers. I, I don't think they do anything, but the answer is buyers. Indiana Pacers gotta be sellers, right? But the way they've been playing, they X brought up the playing tournament. They're currently the seven seed. So even without the plan, they would currently be a playoff team. But buyers are sellers. They are sellers to be buyers. I uh, Turner's not going to accept that extension, so they'll trade him. They're going to trade Buddy, but I think what they get in return doesn't stay on the team. Okay, so they're going to be very active during trade season. Yeah, I think you see, yeah, I think you're going to see Turner and Heald moved relatively early, and then that allows them time to make another deal. Well, we're, we got about a little bit more than a month before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. You so just need, like, if you can sell Turner and Heald or one of them a week or two prior to the deadline, that allows you more time to do something. I, I think Halliburton's way too talented to be, like, a, you can't tank around him. You've already won too many games. So you kind of have to shoot for the play-in. Um, but you can't keep Turner on the roster with him not wanting to resign. And you can't heal. I mean, I guess you could keep on the roster, but like, why? So I feel like you sell them and then you try and get something else. I, John Collins makes a ton of sense to me there. Honestly, if Atlanta was smart, like you'd get more for Collins by taking Turner and heal that. Now, before you give your answer, before you give your answer, X on buyers and sellers, with everything Dion just said, do you still think the Lakers should trade for Turner and Hill? I mean, it would help them, but I mean, at this point, I just think the Lakers stink. So, will it turn them into a legitimate contender? Probably not. Will it make them into a legit playoff team? I think so. I think they would fit in fucking perfectly. Um, but you know, now if I'm Indiana, if I, I would, I agree with Deanna, they should be biased for long-term, but if they can get those, if they can get both those Los Angeles picks for turning and healed, I think you got to do it because those are going to be gold and they can use those. That'll be more beneficial to them in the trade market than anything else that they get, that they get back for Turner or healed in a vacuum. So um, that would be the only way that I think they'd take a step back for this year, just to position themselves for the for the summer to really have like a war chest. But other than that, I I agree with Dion overall because look, Rick Carlisle he doesn't want to tank, and we know that owner doesn't want to tank. He wants that playoff revenue. So, you know, I agree with everything Dion said. Unfortunately, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think Turner nets you anything at this point. So I mean, that but that's that's your. That's based on your evaluation of the player, but that's based off everything. He's an expiring contract that is gonna have to agree to re-sign with that team to have any value. He's and he's a guy that's been on the trade block every year of his career and they're yet to move him. So like I don't I just don't see how you can combine the two and I I don't wanna say the Lakers won't make the trade because obviously like they could be desperate and they are like a very desperate team, but it makes no sense if you're the Lakers to make that trade. All right. And now we got the Chicago Bulls. They got to be sellers at this point. Like, you just lost to the fucking Wizards. This is the With only... With no KP, true... no Bill. Yeah, this is the only true seller to me. Like, And they that, don't that... have the picks. They don't have their picks, right? Because of the Vucevic trade? I think Orlando just has this one. So, um... No, 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 no. No, they've they got more? yeah. They've got I thought more. they got two picks for them. No, they traded like four. Oh, I yeah. thought it was two. And I think that and didn't they get to keep this last year because of a protection? Or I thought that bugging? was this one. So I thought they traded Orlando uh, a top five pick or something like that, plus another one. No, I think it was three. I think it was three in total. I'm gonna double check that in a second. I mean, either way, I think they're going to be complete sellers. If if they owe them another pick that's not this year's, then... Uh, Where does Levine end up? Does Levine finish the season in the Chicago Bull? 
I think he does because it's very hard to get fair value for a guy like that in middle of the season. But yeah, he doesn't play like he probably plays his last game for the Bulls in like middle of March. No, yeah, hey, Dion was Dion, right. right. Dion was yeah. right. He Dion they treated right. the twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three both top four protected. Yeah, you're right, Dion. Yeah, so I definitely think they're sellers because like you've whatever you've done, like this team's not gonna get that much better. You're gonna have to live with the fact that Orlando's gonna get a pretty decent pick uh, this year from you. Yeah, and Orlando's teams... not even it hasn't even been that much worse than them either. They only what they're sixteen and twenty six. The Bulls are nineteen and twenty three. So that's what three games behind them. Yeah, but it's, it's not even that. It's about the 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 outlook for the future. Like Orlando's so much better positioning. Then Chicago, like Chicago's really fucked. Like it's not gonna be a quick rebuild because of Levine's knee. I don't think you get what what you know. You're not. I don't know if they get the full fucking Rudy Gobert package for Levine. Uh, no way. I don't think so. The road so. the same. You're not gonna get that. You're not gonna get I mean, that. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for us to get to the Bulls too, because I was thinking about this earlier, because I knew we were gonna do the Central Division, and it just it's fucking mind boggling. That like since Jordan retired the second time with the Bulls, they really like just keep toying with their fan base and like they end up middle of the pack and then just do everything. Like once they start moving in the right direction and start getting traction, they just do everything they possibly can to fuck everything up and self implode. And then like obviously the Derrick Rose injury fucked. The Derrick Rose injury fucked them over too, because they weren't able to recover for that for, from that for a while. But it's like they act like a small market team for like five years. They finally start moving in the direction, in the right direction, and they start doing dumb shit and fuck themselves over. And they started to fuck themselves over and start regressing the moment they did that Vucevic trade, in my opinion. They went all in too early. See, the problem with a lot of these teams is that. Anytime they want to cut corners and skip a step, it never ends well. It just doesn't, right? Like, look at what the Kings did for so long, the Bulls. Like, there's so many teams that they they use that, they play that card too early. Like the Timberwolves, they played that card too early. And when you play too early and when you and when you play for the wrong type of player. Like That's thing, what I was going to get at. Like, the thing is, you have to understand, right? What wins playoff basketball games? Not what win, not what wins regular season games. What wins playoff basketball games? They thought that a team with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and, and Vucevic was gonna be able to fucking defend. Yeah, no, I don't think they thought that. I think that's why they went out and got guys like Lonzo and now Caruso. that that really fucked them. The and, Lonzo, and they and they were Lonzo banking on. I think they were banking on Patrick Williams to be healthy and develop. I think they. Like they just, they just, they were, they were banking on too many variables to fall their way, and like you said, a big three of those three names just doesn't sound like a title contender or even a team that's gonna make a deep playoff run. Like that's a team that's gonna probably push you to six or seven games in the first round exit. But like, okay, so like, I just want to like take you back to something X said, and X, if I'm taking this out of like. Uh... <clears throat> Like, if I'm reading this wrong, you can interrupt me and let me know. But uh, he said, like the Kings did for so long, as if they didn't do the same thing this offseason, and it's just working better than normal. And that's why teams like the Bulls do that, where they cut corners. It's because, like, it gets you, like, like last year, the Bulls were getting legitimate national attention, which even though they had MJ is rare. And this year you see the Kings getting national attention, even though like, if we're being honest, this team's ceiling is probably lower than that of the Bulls, uh, Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic teams, right? Like this team's probably going to be right back in the gutter next year, if not like by March. So, um, no, I agree. No, ultimately we, we agree. Cause even the move that the Kings made for Sabonis for Halliburton, that's exactly yeah. that. They thought Sabonis was better suited to win in the short term. And they made that move. And it's like, and that look, was so dumb giving up Halliburton, bro. Like that was it, so it, fucking it, dumb. It's going to save uh, the GM, his job though, at the same time. And, and that's why these teams make these moves in, in the same way that DeRozan and Vucevic is going to cause the bulls to have a, a nasty rebuild. 
whoever that GM is, is going to get to run that rebuild his way because now, like, they made that one playoff push to where it's like, all right, like, you're good. Probably even got an extension this past summer or at the very least has, like, negotiated it to where it's basically a done deal. Like, these these front offices and these ownerships do it just for that split second of, like, success and happiness within the fan base, and that buys them four or five years. Yeah, you see it with the Hawks. Yeah, like, everything, look, and, and and I'm glad you said that because, you know, X's criticism of the Hawks and the moves they made and how they've gone about things over the last couple of years, and that man that made all those decisions, well, the majority of those decisions, went from being the GM to the president of basketball operations in two years and a dude that was this fucking GM of the G League team moved up from that to assistant GM to now the general manager of the team. It's with, with team building is gen. First of all, the biggest, the biggest, the worst thing in sports is how fickle ownership is. When you have ownership who allows GMs to actually play out their vision and understand the process more often than not, it works out well when, but what ends up happening is that these GMs for job security, they're like, look, I gotta. I don't give a fuck about picks four years down the road because I may not have a job in six months. And every fucking time that they mortgage the future for the short term, it buys them maybe an extra eighteen months. But that's just not how you win titles, right? But when you look at a team like the Grizzlies, who actually built the right way and built through the draft and made move on the margins and didn't splurge in free agency and you know signed their own free agents to market, you know, to value contracts like. There's just not a lot of owners with that type of patience, but and also I I feel like is is more so going all in on the wrong players than going all in too early. Because you could go in too early, you could go all in too early, and then like a year or two later, you're there, right? You you go all in on the wrong players, you fuck yourself over. And you set your your franchise back a few years. We we saw it with the with the Wizards with Wall and Beal. Saw it with the um Trailblazers. You saw you seeing it with the Hawks right before your eyes. You seeing it with the Knicks with his Randall contract, even though he's playing better this the first couple months of this season. You see you see it all the time. Look, you see it with the fucking Lakers with with the um rush trade. Like it happens all the time. I think personally, I feel like it's more getting the right guys and and not like obviously timing plays a big factor but i don't think it's as big of a hindrance of just going all in on the wrong player see and it's also not even like sometimes it's not even about trading or anything sometimes it's just falling into the bird rights trap right like you got a player that's coming up for free agency you know they're gonna get overpaid by a fuck ton but you're not going to have the cap space to replace that player. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to overpay for that player because I don't have any means of replacing them. The way the Wizards did with Davis Bertans, we all knew the second Bertans signed that deal, he was it was going to be an albatross. The fucking Mavericks with Tim Hardaway Jr., we knew the second he signed that he was going to be overpaid. And too often you have teams that, because they're scared of taking a half step back, just completely pollute their cap sheet for years with toxic contracts. And with the, uh, because the biggest myth in sports is like, yo, just re-sign them and trade them later. Like, yo, it doesn't work that way. But anyway, I feel like I'm going on a tangent. I'll shut up. Nah, nah, nah. You're right though. This is, this is real shit. And this goes back to, this ties into what you were saying about the job security and just, and what Dion was saying is about that moment of success where you see Teams go all in on the wrong people because, like, this a bonus trade. Now the Kings have a much, like, they think that's going to help them more now. They're playing better now, right? But that's going to backfire, right? And you see people constantly get overpaid or teams give mortgage their future on the wrong guys simply for job security. Because it's going to help them win a few more regular season games. And it's stupid as fuck. And that's why you see the same few teams contending for a title. Do we really even need to talk about the Detroit Pistons? No. We can move We can move on, right? Let's move on to the EPL. You know, 
Um, four of the top five teams currently in the EPL are gonna face off this weekend. We got Man United versus Man City on Saturday, and then Sunday we got Arsenal versus Tottenham. Before we get to y'all team, because th- that's gonna, I know y'all gonna go back and forth for a while with that one. Does Man United have a chance against City? They they've been on a roll. They've been playing really well. They still like aren't a great scoring team outside of Rashford. And Man City's obviously a different fucking monster. So do they even have a shot at winning this game with Man City like not playing up to standards lately? I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna say yes only because City hasn't looked that overpowering to me. Um, so only I, since the World Cup, though. Only since the World Cup. Before that, they was wilding, bro. Look, I think it comes down to Casemiro. If Casemiro could fucking man down the midfield, and if he can help um, United kind of maintain possession, then you can score on Manchester City. The problem when you play Man City is that they dominate the ball for so long that eventually they're inevitable. They're going to get so many quality chances that eventually they're going to put some in. But if you can actually match them in terms of the possession game and create generate some chances of your own and get them to open up, you can score on them motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so- let's not act like the gay is not one of the best goalies out there. Yeah, but I think it's more so I think it's more so the midfield and I like I mean Casemiro, like Dion said a couple podcasts ago, is playing fucking lights out. So I think he'll Does be Rashford the- continue his goal streak. I think he's yeah, at Rashford six is, games. Rashford, I think he's, he's I think he's at six games now. Bro, he's he's really fucking good. So he um, is, and he's only what, like 23? Yeah, it's it's about I think as it comes down to the midfield. I'm not sold on Manchester United's midfield, but then again, right now, Man City's midfield hasn't exactly been the most dominant. So I'll say they have a chance, but I still think City should be favored. And, and um, I gotta, I gotta see what's the situation. But um, in that in that game, they just won. What was that? The quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup against Charlton. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they lost. Um, one of the backers had um had to come out of the game because of a leg injury. So I, I don't see what's they, gonna happen. I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they played anybody though. Um, surprisingly, they did. No, they did. No, they did. They did. They did. They. I mean, they started Greenish and Foden. Then they brought in Holland in the second half. And um, oh, the Diago De La. Oh, De La got hurt. Uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't think that's the biggest deal for Manu. I, I honestly, I think Manu gets smoked on Saturday. Um, ultimately, oh, they got like, no chance, is what you're saying. I, I don't think so. Ultimately, ultimately, like the the Ace of Spades card that Pep's waiting to pull out is Alvarez and Halan together. Um, and when he does that, you're going to see this team take off. I personally don't think he does it until Champions League in February, but he might do it Saturday. I, I mean, I don't, I don't really see, like, I mean, they lost today, but they, again, they didn't play a ton. Like, Grealish and Foden were out there together. That doesn't really count to me. Um, so, like, I I think they smoke Man U. I, I, this is probably the biggest game of the season for Man U. Um, and to be honest, I think this City United game is massive for Arsenal, too. Uh, but... I think it's just wishful thinking on my part. I'm praying that United can salvage a fucking draw. Honestly. I don't think they can beat City, but if they can manage like a one-one draw, I will fucking take it. Yeah, I think I think this game's massive for Arsenal, but also massive for United. Um the reason Yeah, I think yeah. The reason like you you're hopeful, X, is because United's in incredible form. There there is nothing (laughs) there's nothing that could be worse for a United team that's like barely top four at the moment than losing the city when you're in your best form possible. And they're not um, yeah. at home too. So if United doesn't, in my opinion, if they don't win, I think they're cooked, but if they at least don't get a draw, like I think you start to see this team crumble. Yeah. And before we move on to the big game, what do you think about that? What Wengort? Weg Weghorst? He's a bum. He, the guy at Man U signed? 
No, no, they didn't sign him. They didn't sign him yet. They didn't sign him him yet. No, they haven't gotten him yet. They haven't agreed to anything. It's pretty much much supposed to be, from what I was seeing, it's supposed to pretty much be a done deal. It's all on um, the current. It's all on if it all hinges on if the club he's on right now can get a replacement for him. Yeah, no, they, um, it's done. Like, he's going to join, he's going to join from Burnley, but Besiktas has him at the moment. So, yeah, so. They'll get a replacement, though. That's easy. He stinks. So, they have a, they have a deal in principle. It's all on if the, the team he's on right now can get a replacement. But. The fact that they it, even look at that Apparently, like that it's like his numbers. But they, uh, but from. What the reports have been is that they're only looking at him as someone to finish the season. They oh, don't plan on re-signing. They don't plan on trying to keep him. Sale. Like that's the thing. Because the team is for sale, they're not gonna go and drop. Well, no. So suppose. Well, well, is the sale supposed to be finalized before the summer transfer? Because apparently that's when they're planning on going all in on the strike. Yeah. They're, they're, so they're not gonna do anything just for this year. Um, the January window is by far the worst window, like to get anybody in. You're always gonna overpay. So, a team like United that's playing and well, in debt. it isn't gonna isn't gonna do that, especially when they're up for sale. So, I their focus is gonna be on the summer window. I think they're gonna get involved with Jude probably. No, yeah, they are. They are focused on the summer window. That's what all the reports have been. Like anybody they get right now is just they want someone that. Is that they're not gonna be um committed to past um this season. They're not trying to get anybody right now that is gonna be under contract past this season. Like that's why they want him because his because his loan his loan contract is up after I don't know the correct term, but he goes back to his original team. Yeah, he goes back season. to Burnley in June. And he ain't do shit for them last year, but but he's not he's not so man U's not looking to get anybody from the starting 11 most most teams don't do that in january all they're doing is to get a guy that can spell rashford here and there like he's not going to play in like big games or anything like that he he's just a cheap guy who's decent enough he has from most importantly he has premier league experience and he can spell rashford in the 70th or 80th minute of games here and there yeah and, and my final question you know, I'm a new I'm a new soccer fan, as y'all know. So I have tons of questions as I'm trying to get more involved and learn more about the game and the players. Do I have too much confidence in Rashford, or can he develop into the guy that they're looking to get in the transfer window? No, he's good. He's already he's already there. Like, but the problem you just can't have you know one of those guys you from know? from everything I've read and then even I look at the numbers and I look at the game logs and reading articles and hearing his manager talk about him, he's been very inconsistent before this run. Yeah, I mean they're linked to Harry Kane and who else? Um, it was Harry Kane, Victor Osiman. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. It's close enough. And then there was one more. Um, it was a dude that I asked y'all about that y'all didn't know nothing about. He's a young kid, hasn't really done shit. But then the Sesco, your, his name is Sesco. The answer to your questions depends on who they get. I mean, if they, I don't think they're going to get Harry Kane, but if they got Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford's never going to be Harry Kane. Yeah, th- apparently their priority targets for the summer is Victor Osimhen, Benjamin Sesko, and Harry Kane, but it all depends on if, you know, obviously Harry Kane might stay with Tottenham. Yeah, if they get Harry Kane, uh, the answer is he can't develop and become Harry Kane, but if they get the other two, maybe. I think okay. I think yeah. I mean, I don't know. He's been he's been a lot. He's been really fucking consistent lately, and so I I mean obviously he's not the level of player that Kane is, but he's not the inconsistent youngin with inconsistent form that he was like last year. But I like I really like Rashford. He's good. But he's a good player, but he's never gonna play. Like I mean, we'll see. He's been good since they got back from the World Cup for sure. But uh, 
we'll see. I don't know. He he does this. So that that would be my fears. He does this. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he's doing it during the January window either, if I'm being honest. Do you think it has more to do with the January window or that Ronaldo's not there no more? Nah, I think he Rashford's no dummy, but he is a dummy. Like I, I don't I don't think it's a coincidence he's doing it during the window. So he yeah, doesn't do regular reports lurk. Their number one priority is to get Rashford to sign. So they they triggered the option clause to extend his contract. Um, so he's there at least the next year and a half, but their first priority is to sign him to a long deal. So that's the that's moment he signs that new deal, like I don't foresee him doing much for a little while. He's one of those dudes. He's extremely talented, but I don't think you're ever gonna get him to want it. Uh, a as bad okay. as you need him to, and B as often as you need him to. You don't think Ten Hag can instill that in him or help him? Nah, yeah, that's something that you either gotta have. Or you don't. gotta, don't. yeah. It's more likely. It, it's way more likely that Ten Hag just drops him from the starting eleven at some point next year, especially if they get Harry Kane. Uh, then it is like he gets him to be this type of player. How stressed would you be if they get Harry Kane? I wouldn't bother me to be honest. I thought we should have sold him to Bayern. It's more so like the question would be like, do we get this QSI money? Um, which if we do, we're not selling Harry Kane. And then if we don't, it's how much money did we get in return for him? If you can get a hundred mil for Harry Kane, then you can put Richarlison in as the striker, and you can buy a backup striker, a center back, and two and a wing back. And then you just turned Harry Kane into three players and the drop off from Kane to Richarlison isn't like massive. So I, I'm actually for it. I think Sonny or Kane, one of them should be gone, to be honest. Okay. And then we got your tie ham spurs against X's Arsenal. What is there? Is there a name like to Arsenal Gunners. X? The Gunners. The Gunners. The Gunners? Yeah, Arsenal Gunners. That's take fire. If I would have known that, that would have I probably would have went that way because they kids are fire too. But I'm happy with my this. I'm happy with my decision so far. So, Dion, do do your Spurs have a chance in winning this game? Yeah, only because it's at home. I mean, I think this is one of the first uh, North London derbies where, like, there is two teams in two different, uh, like statuses at the moment you got a Tottenham team that's fighting for top four and you got an Arsenal team that's fighting for the title and like I mean you could say there's only three teams that separate them but like that is a pretty big difference so um you know like but it's not easy to like win this rivalry on the road it's extremely hard and what I think this game comes down to is almost what City does on Saturday I think if City pounds United I think you're going to see an Arsenal team that like might come out a little timid. Uh, a lot of these dudes, the last time they played on the other side of town, like they basically blew Champions League against a Tottenham team that like wasn't playing very good. So um, if, if City puts a little pressure on them, I think it increases Tottenham's chances. If City gets smoked, I think you see an Arsenal team that's going to smell blood and like probably like comes out uh, firing if it's a draw somewhere in the middle. So I, I don't know. I mean, uh, my answer to the question based off me believing that he wins is that I think it's probably going to be like a 2-2 draw or maybe like a 2-1 Tottenham victory. So for me, um, I agree with what he said about City. I think it's simple. Um, we start, we usually start fast. They usually start slow. If we can get a goal in the first 20, 25 minutes, um, then I think we have a chance to win. If we don't score go in the first 20, 25 minutes, then I think we try to hang on for a fucking draw and we call it a day because it's extremely tough to win away at Tottenham. So um, that that home field advantage, especially in this rivalry, is, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It, it, can't, it literally can't be overstated. So I just think the first 20 minutes are going to tell us everything we need to know about the game. I think the home team has won each of the last five games. Yeah. If it's it's incredibly hard to win on the road in this rivalry, and if if City beats United Saturday and gets two points behind Arsenal, this game becomes almost a must win for Arsenal. Like 
an odd must win. Like it's obviously not an actual must win, but it's one of those ones where like if they were to lose, the landscape of everything changes all the way. It's it's probably why some of like if the Mudrick deal is done, like you were saying earlier, X, it's probably why like they haven't announced it yet and they're still like messing around with little things because if they Shakhtar knows if City wins and Arsenal loses, that's going to be a desperate Arsenal team next week. And Arsenal knows the opposite, right? So it's like, I think I think it's almost a must win. And if City wins, I like Tottenham's chances. If City gets a draw or a tie, I don't like their chances nearly as much. But remember, these matchups split next week. So if City beats United, Tottenham beats Arsenal, City's going to smoke Tottenham. If Tottenham gets a, if Tottenham is probably going to lose to City regardless, but if they get a result from Arsenal, even if it's a draw, they're packing that shit in, bro. Like you're, you're not going to see a team that gives a fuck against uh, City. Like they're not even going to try. And if United loses, Arsenal, a team that doesn't have a lot of depth, has to play like a road rivalry game, and then they have to play a hungry United team. Um, I don't know. It could get, it could get. It could get interesting if if City like leaves this weekend with an extra three points. I'm looking forward to it. I fuck with this shit, man. Like I was really against soccer for majority of my life and majority of this year, but I I fuck with this shit, man. This shit is tough, and like the more you learn about the rivalries and and all the shit going on, like the politics within, this shit gets more and more interesting. Bro, it's the just, drama. Just to, bro, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean by like the politics within, like all the politics within soccer. Like this, so like I thought the NBA and the NFL had drama, bro. These look, motherfuckers in in Europe be wild. Could you imagine like like fucking LeBron doing what Ronaldo did, bro? He burned. He ruined his career, bro. He ruined his fucking career, bro. Yo, like, speaking of Ronaldo. <laughs> I got to get Dion's expert opinion. Air quotes on expert. Yo, how did you feel about um Saudi Arabia? That's where he's at, right? Saudi Arabia? Yeah, Al-Nassar. Yeah, um, how you feel about them amending one of their laws so that he can live with his girlfriend because they have a law against pe- um couples living together that aren't married? I mean... If you didn't think that was brought up before he signed that contract, like there's no way that was something that they just found out about, like after he signed the contract. No, I know, but how you feel about the fact that they amended that for a foreigner just because he's an athlete and then. But Saudi Arabia don't care, bro. Like, (laughs) they don't care. They don't care what. Like, I don't agree with anything Saudi Arabia does, but the one thing, like, that, like, I guess you could say like kind of gets my attention with them is they don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. You know what I mean? Like they're going to do exactly what the fuck they want to do. They're going to spend their money the way they want to spend it. And they don't give a fuck. You don't see nobody asking Saudi Arabia to make no charitable donations to shit. (laughs) And there's rumors that Vince McMahon is in negotiations with the Saudis for them to buy the WWE. Yeah. That's crazy. And yeah. like if you look at what Qatar Sports Investments doing, the reason they want Tottenham is so that they can have some control over the 2026 World Cup because Daniel Levy's an American owner. And you see Saudi Arabia is about to buy WWE. You got Live Golf. Like these dudes are coming, man. They're using dudes sports. They're they're washing themselves using sports to like ingratiate themselves. And they 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 fucking bag is deep enough, bro. Like you know what I think it is too, bro. Like I mean, y'all know, like y'all know. I think, bro. I, this is trying to spend the dirty money like early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I think they're just trying to. I think they got to get rid of shit. Yeah. This is their way of laundering their money. <laughs> yeah, this is their way of spending the money before they get caught. And like we all know what they're doing. It's just like there's no way to stop them. So if you spend all the money before they figure out how to stop you, there's no there's no track record. Like look at what happened with the last owner of Chelsea. Everybody knew this motherfucker was in, involved with fucking Putin and warlords and all types of fucked up shit. And then when they finally was like, yo, when they turned up the pressure, 
he sold the team and made a big ass bag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's an investment because if 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 at any point they're forced to sell their state, the line of people waiting to fucking to fucking give them a huge return on the investment is gonna be out the door. So it's a win-win for them, bro. Nah, they but they they're not. You know, there are a lot of things, but they're not stupid. And like I said, bro, it, they don't give a fuck, bro. Like, they really don't care what no one thinks. Real now quick, though, gonna... like, before before we leave the Tottenham Arsenal thing or soccer in general, I think I think the two teams that are going to be the most excited about Tottenham and Arsenal playing on Sunday are Shakhtar and Sporting. Uh, because either, either Sporting or Shakhtar is waking up Monday morning with a phone call with Arsenal or Tottenham knowing they got them got him by the balls and that transfer is going to happen by the end of the week yeah and honestly honestly like not to get to the, the reason that that arsenal has still has any leverage because it's clear they want mudrick eddie and eddie and kenny has scored fucking four goals in four games so they're looking they're telling them like hey man we don't really need your guy we we scoring goals but you're right if we lose that game yeah You'll you'll start to see reports leaking on Monday morning. You know what I'm saying? And you guys are up five points. If it, if they lose the game and they're only up two, and like City wins, like bro, like that Mudrick deal might be done before we wake up Monday. If Monday, if Tottenham loses on Sunday, that Pedro Poro like release clause that they apparently don't want to pay because they think they'll get him for cheaper in the summer, that shit will get triggered Monday morning. But like one of those teams is gonna get the bag they're looking for, uh, based off what happens Sunday. Now we're going to bring it back across the pond to our side of things. NFL playoffs start this weekend. We're recording on a Wednesday night. NFL playoffs start Saturday. So let's play a little game of contenders or pretenders. We did this earlier in the season. We're going to do this again. In the AFC, we got the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Jaguars, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Who are your contenders? Who are your pretenders? De- well, who's your contenders? Because everybody else pretenders. Dion, you go first. Uh, Chiefs, Eagles, Niners. No, no, just the AFC. Chiefs. Chiefs, the only contenders. Okay. Yeah, bro, this- the, the Bills, Um, all due respect to DeMar Hamlin and the decision by both teams, uh, there's not a team that got fucked more by not playing that game than the Bills, man. They should be Kansas City should be having to go to Buffalo on in two weeks. Yeah, I I'm, agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna include the Bills as contenders. Um, but yeah, for me, it's Chiefs, it's Bills. Um, I don't really believe in any other team. I I'm with X on this, but I don't know. Like I'm like one foot in, one foot out on on the Bengals as well. I think Joe Burrow is special. But for sure, I gotta include the Bills in my in my contenders for the AFC. Bro, now, I just think I, the just the reason I got Chiefs and no Bills is I just think the Chiefs got that's some voodoo they got over the Bills and the fact that it's gonna be played on a neutral site now instead of in Buffalo. I don't know, man. So they if they if the Bills win, they they're guaranteed to play the Chiefs next week. No, so no, the they would Bengals they would play next. whoever they would play whoever wins. Assuming, of, it, um, assuming it's chalk, they're gonna play the Bengals next week. Got it, got yeah. it. So the Chiefs me, not only do the Chiefs only have to play one of them. Realistically, what should be next week is Chiefs Bengals with the Bills playing like the winner of like one of them other games. But yeah. instead, because that game never played, Chiefs get that like way, and then the Bills got to play the Bengals, and then the following week, if the Bills and Chiefs win, they have to play on a neutral side instead of in Buffalo. So, bro, they got fucked. Yeah. So now we head over to the NFC. You got the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Giants, the Vikings, the Seahawks, and the Niners. I'm gonna surprise folks. So I think that it's you know, I'll let you go first, X. I'll say this at the beginning of the season, I predicted a Bucks, Eagles, NFC championship game. I haven't looked at the bracket, but if that's still possible, they would they would play next round. Oh, fuck. if the if the Bucks survive against the Cowboys, they play the Eagles next round. Well, to me, it's to me the 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 contenders are the Bucks, the Eagles, 
and uh, what's that? What's the other team? The 49ers. You, the Niners. Like, yeah, like, the fact that that's the that's the number one contender in my opinion, even though they don't have the number one seed in the uh, NFC. I still I would favor the Eagles over them. But, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Look, Brock is gonna he, have to throw against that secondary, bro. Please, I don't think it, so. So I'm on board with you, X. <clears throat> besides that last point, <clears throat> I think the Eagles are the better team, but that run defense is dog shit. Dog shit. Like I don't. I, I think they they fit right into everything the Niners want to do, and their offense has struggled. Even even like, yeah, but they had Minshew out there, and then Hertz was still rusty. Now I do think that the Eagles are fucked by the fact that Hertz came back after like three weeks out. He was rusty, and now they have a bye week. So remember last week I was talking about time in between relevant games and meaningful snaps. It'll be over a month for Jalen Hurts in terms of, like, high-pressure snaps, that would scare me. Now, if their opponent is dog shit, then I think it'll be an ugly game, but they'll work out the kinks in time for the next round. But if they got, like, a tough opponent, if they got to play, like, the Bucks, I don't know. And I know the Bucks were dog shit in the regular season, but, bro, the Bucks are postseason team. I was all in on the Eagles running away with the um, NFC and then – Things started clicking offensively for the 49ers, and that changed a bit, right? But then watching – now, you talk about her trade being rusty. He was out a few weeks, blah, blah, right? All that's valid. But the Eagles played their first stringers the whole game on offense and defense this past week against second and third string players across the board on the Giants, and they barely won that game. They struggled against second and third string offense and defense. Yeah, but and they you, had the and they had all of their starters on the field for the entire game. That they'd be able to just show up and fucking and at the Bro. Giants were gonna lay down. And remember, that's just I don't the, know. the Giant. Look, I get that it's the Giants' backups, but the Giants didn't win games this season because of the talent on the first unit. Is because of the schemes, our ability to make shit ugly, throw some wonky fucking shit that niggas ain't never seen before in there. And so if you're playing a team that just assumed you were going to lay down and you hit them with some shit they wasn't really ready for, then yeah, that could happen. But, brother, Eagles are still the Eagles, bro. No, I'm not saying that they're not contenders. I just don't think they're... Like, I'm just not as high as I was on them before, and I don't think that... I think the I think the 49ers are the team to beat in the NFC. But my full list of contenders, I would say, is the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Bucks. Like as long as Brady's there, the Bucks got a like chance to win. Huh? I kind of like the Cowboys too. I the Eagles, Eagles, Niners, Cowboys for me. I, I think like those them. are all I think I think outside of the 49ers, I think outside of the 49ers, like all of those are good matchups against each other. Here's the thing about the Cowboys. I, right, because I follow a bunch of Cowboys fans because obviously I, I'm a part of Minnesota or whatever. Like, everybody been hating on Dak, and I was always holding on like, yo, this motherfucker's good. He's good. Nah, Dak He's is hate. overrated, bro. But, bro, I've been waiting for that statement fucking game from the Cowboys to, to establish themselves as a bona fide contender, and that offense just looks like dog shit every week. They got C.D. Lamb, but... Dak needs his security blanket, and right now he doesn't have one. CD can make some explosive plays, but he Dak has always thrived when he's had a Jason Witten or somebody in the middle of the field that he can trust and that can hold that shit down for him. And I know they run CD in a slot, but they just don't have enough. They don't have enough weapons on offense to where they can just double and triple team Lamb. They're like, "Yo, you're gonna have to fucking beat your receivers on the edge." Y'all going to have to beat us on the boundaries. You're going to have to throw the ball outside the numbers, but we're not letting you beat us in between the numbers and the middle of the field. And when Dak don't have the middle of the field, he struggles. So because of that, I just – I think they, they, they're easy to scheme against. So I don't trust the Cowboys one bit. So the reason now, I like the Cowboys is they're the opposite of the Eagles to me. Like when I look at this shit, like in my opinion, the team to beat is the Niners and – I look at it like who can beat the Niners, right? And then hypothetically, if you're not Philly, who can get past Philly and the Niners? 
And the Cowboys are the only team that makes sense to me that fits both those categories. They have a good run defense. They can get to you with four, which the Eagles can too, but they can only get to you with four when you're passing. They can't when you're they're dog shit against the run. And then I think the Eagles, I mean, the Cowboys have had the best offense since Dak came back. They don't really have that statement game, but statistically they have the best offense since Dak came back. So like, I don't know. They, they fit the bill for me. I want to believe in them, but they just—I haven't seen it. No, I do think not for like, exactly. Like it's not for the talk, same exact. What happened? I was gonna yeah. say like when we talk all this, I, I, a ton of it comes down to the weather in Philly, right? Like, bro, if it snows, I don't think the Eagles have a chance. Really? Because it's gonna because it's gonna become a running game and they run defense. Yeah, they rely. It's they they're the hurt show, bro. Like if you if and like they're what they're banking on is being able to throw on us which yeah i mean our, our pass defense is definitely like worse than um our run defense but like it's still the best defense in the league right like so our pass defense is like a top 10 pass defense um if you have if you take how good of our secondary and how good of a defense we have and then you throw the weather in i don't see i don't see how they score versus for us that type of weather is only going to be like the type of game we want to play anyway Let's get to these picks. Yeah, Dion, you kick it off first. Uh, I got Bills minus 13. I, I damn near typed that one into the spreadsheet yesterday. So wait, wait, wait. But I thought we were picking each game. So yeah, should... you can you can you can take it too. Like well, let's no, do let's... all the NFL games first, and then let's do the other uh picks. Yeah, so let's go game by game. So let's start with the first game, Seattle versus the Niners. Oh, okay. I'll take the Niners minus nine and a half. I'm gonna tail that pick. Nine matter of fact, I'm gonna go alternate spread for this one. I'm gonna take Niners minus 13 and a half at plus 139. I'm gonna tell you a pick, Lurk. They're gonna win by 10. Um, I'll take the Chiefs or the Chargers minus two in the second game. I'm gonna tail that pick. Um What's the alternate line to two and a half for the Chargers? Probably like minus 105. Let me check. Minus 108. Yeah, give me that. All right. Um, the next one, uh, I'll take Bills minus 13. I'm going to take over 43 and a half. All right. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Giants plus three. I kind of Giants like money line at plus one forty. I like yeah, the I upset. Know. I like the upset right here. Yo, this is the biggest sucker bet of the weekend because every I think eighty five percent of the money is gonna come in on the Giants. So give me the Vikings minus two and a half. Let me see what that. What that? Yo, is. what's crazy is I think the opposite. I think all the money's coming in on the Vikings because that's such a small line. That's why I took the Giants. So my Vikings, Vikings minus two. Matt, uh, no, there's two. Vikings minus, yeah, give me Vikings minus three. Just give me the straight up minus three. Nah, um, I'm gonna take. We don't know if Lamar is playing, huh? He missed. He had to practice. Okay. Um. I'm going to take Bengals alternate spread minus 13 and a half then plus 150. I like that bet a lot. Damn, I'm trying to find um if I could do like the Bengals total score or whatever. So X, if you want to go before me, go ahead. I'm going to just take Ravens plus eight and a half. Um, I think the Bengals win, but I don't, I don't think they don't run the ball well enough for me to think that they're going to just put their foot on the Ravens next. So I could see a fucking stupid interception from fucking Burrow. So Ravens plus eight and a half. Yeah, I don't like the odds for the points. So I'm going to just go, um, I'm going to go over 40 and a half on this one. I don't hate that other than I'm assuming that the weather is going to play a part. And that's why it's such a small number. Uh, Give me, 
Give me the Cowboys minus two and a half. Actually, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me Cowboys minus six and a half. Ooh. Plus 171. Okay. Bro, they are going to torment Tom Brady. Yeah, give me over 45 and a half in this game, too. Give me Bucks minus two and a half plus 133. All right. Um, okay, so for my first bet, yeah, I'm not lying. Uh, give me City minus 125. For my first bet, give me Celtics minus three against the the Nets. Oh, I thought you was about to bet Scottish soccer. I was like, yo, <laughs> fucking reservation. All right, um, where my son's at? Give me Arsenal plus 115 against Tottenham. We That's can't regular do. time, right? Yeah, it's yeah regular. well, there's only regular time. Yeah, it is. Um, give me Celtics. Uh, I can't take the same bet he did. Um, Well, that basketball uh, Mavericks minus three. Why are the Bucks underdog? Well, yeah, they've been have been playing like shit lately. Well, Giannis and Drew play tonight, so the I bet you they're anticipating one of, if not both, sitting out. Give me Cavs minus two and a half against the Trailblazers. This is more of a hopeful pick, so give me Man's uh, United and City to draw at plus two ninety. All right, give me – I like Grant Potter a lot, Um, so give me Chelsea. Ah, this episode's not going to be out by tomorrow, huh? What time the game start tomorrow? Three year time. Yeah, it'll be out in time. All right, Chelsea plus 110. They play okay. four. Okay. All right, Um, we're picking games for tomorrow. Uh, NBA. So how many picks I got left? You got two picks left. One has to be NBA. One has to be NBA. So I got two left too, right? Um, give me, give me Nottingham Forest plus one seventy five against one seventy five against. I don't know how to say that, so I'm not even gonna try. Who are they playing, Leicester? That's Who how is- you say that. There's way too many letters in there for that to say Leicester. Oh, uh, you're taking Nottingham Forest against yeah. Leicester. Okay. I know it, it looks Nottingham like Nottingham is at home, man, aren't they? Uh, I don't think so. It looks like Leicester. Oh yeah, Nottingham, Nottingham's at home. But look, it, it looks like Leicester, like Leicester, but it's pronounced Leicester. Um. Yeah, that's why I didn't even try because I would have tried to say it phonetically, and that was that just sounded crazy in my head. So I was like, Nah, I'm good. Fuck, I really want to roll with Southampton because Everton stinks. But, um, I ain't gonna lie, man. The fucking Mavs stink, but they playing the Lakers. Is AD is AD playing? I think he's ramping up. I don't think he's gonna play tomorrow. Wow, it's LeBron. Give me the Lakers plus three. I just don't trust the Mavs, man. Lakers plus three. All right. Minus five. Need that little bit of extra juice. No, that is important. Uh, my last pick. Give me Liverpool plus one ten against Brighton. Mm. I was looking at that too. I don't like that pick. I don't like mm. that pick at all. But give me OKC versus the Sixers under two thirty one and a half. All right, I think I've exhausted my soccer bet. So give me God, the fucking. I don't trust the Cavs, man. I don't trust fucking. I don't trust any of these motherfuckers. Mm, give me the Sixers minus nine and a half against the Thunder. Who picked that's them? all our picks, right? Yeah. Well, that's. It for this week's episode of the Break the Bank podcast. Tune in next week to see how much money I lost.